Whether you're a polyamateur or polyambitious, polyambiguous or polyam, I really hold your head high. Let your freaky flag fly, cause your polyamory should be uncensored. Hi there, and welcome to Polyamory Uncensored, a podcast where we, your hosts, Lindsay Miller and Katie Williams, interview a poly person each episode, and we try to answer the five points of journalism. Who, what, when, where, and why, as it pertains to our poly lives. Hi there, you are listening to episode 81, where we chat with Pollyanna. Stay tuned as we delve into the good, the bad, the ugly, and the just plain complicated truths about our poly lives. All right. So Pollyanna, you were on the podcast before, but just to ch- to update folks, who are you? Um, so I am a uh, cishet by mom, wife, uh, girlfriend, educator, nerd, crafter, hippie, writer, activist. I like labels. Uh, I enjoy them. They're like pins I like to collect sometimes. Um, so yeah, that's who I am. Cool. Uh, and so I know you've answered a lot of these questions, but we're going to kind of alter them a yeah. bit. Um, what does polyamory mean to you now, if it has changed at all or if it hasn't? Um, I think I said last time that poly was the idea that you can pursue relationships and let them become what they're going to become without like a, a script. Um, and I'd still like to, I think I'm going to double down on that and say, yeah, that's absolutely still what it means to me because I'm certainly, my partner and I are certainly scriptless lately. And um is there anything new you find difficult about polyamory? Uh, yes. <laughs> so uh, my long-term partner, boyfriend, moved to Arizona uh, about a, a year and a quarter ago now. And that has brought on a whole new mess of challenges. He and I used to joke that we like, we had it figured out. We're good to go. We don't have, you know, any of the major hiccups anymore. We, we figured out how to communicate through everything. Um, so then naturally we changed the game, right? So now we have brand new things to learn all the time. And for our listeners who might not either be in America or not know where you are, the distance between Arizona and Wisconsin is what, like seven States, 2000 yeah, miles. So I'm not really sure. It's just over 1800 miles from Milwaukee to uh, just south of Phoenix where my boyfriend lives. My family's also in Arizona. So I've taken that plane trip a couple times. Yeah. It's um, it's it's a treat. It's it's yeah. basically across. I mean, so we're not at opposite ends, but pretty much across the entire country. Top so. to bottom. Yeah. Top to bottom. Yeah. Yep. Um, we drove it to move all the stuff there. Oh, over three days in a truck. And it's a lot. It's a lot of space. Yeah. America is large. We knew this, but like suspicions confirmed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And that that drive in particular, it's a lot of like corn and then nothing yeah. flat and then desert. <laughs> yep, yep. Some mountains, um, I guess. Yeah. The only thing that surprised me was southern Kansas is actually really beautiful and rocky and hilly, but mm-hmm. everything else was pretty much just yeah flat. <laughs> So where are you in your poly journey? So my poly journey, last time I was on, I explained that my poly journey was pretty, um, it's, it was sustained. It was in stasis. It was, everything was not at a plateau or, or a feedback loop or anything, but we were all really happy and settled where we were. Um, I considered myself polysaturated. I was pretty just happy with the way everything was, um, 
And then shortly after that podcast, uh, my boyfriend decided that he needed to move to somewhere warmer. And the place he settled on was Arizona. And so where I am on my poly journey now is navigating this complete flip on my relationship. We had been living within about 10 minutes of each other for seven years. And and he's no longer 10 minutes away from my front door. Um, and so that has brought back all kinds of challenges from time to dates to now I don't feel so polysaturated because I'm not seeing anybody during the week typically. Um, and yet I still have dates with him all the time. So it's kind of different, right? I still have this time carved out just for him and I, but it's so different than what it used to be. So now I feel like I need something to fulfill me on more physical things. Um, kink has changed completely because it's not in proximity anymore. Um, our schedule has really changed. He and I have always been really big planners, but now like we are literally, and I'm not kidding, planning a year in advance oh. because we're looking at the best deal for flights and we're looking at if we're going to go traveling together, how does that fit in the grand scheme of things? Um, when everything is a flight away or more, you have to be more intentional about your time. And was this move meant to be temporary or was it literally because of like the weather and how much you hated Wisconsin weather? <laughs> so... It's, it's kind of complicated. So he's, as I've mentioned before, he's an expat. He's from the UK. When he and I started dating, it was always intended on just being a fun time for now. And then for now turned into seven years. Um, and which is great, right? We're solving fun. Sounds good. Mm -hmm. He never intended on living in Wisconsin, let alone staying here for over 10 years because he had been here previously with his first wife. Um, and he doesn't like the cold. He doesn't like the weather for most of the year. Um, it's hard on his health to be in this kind of a climate. Um, he's probably going to kill me for saying this, but he's a few years older than me. And it affects him, I think, more than it affects me. Sure. Uh, although I hate the cold, he really, it's not okay for him. Mm -hmm. um, and so he had always intended on moving away. He had never meant to stay here. So this is a permanent move. Um, he and I, neither of us plan on moving within proximity to each other again. It, could it happen? Sure. Um, lives are weird and people go places that we never intend to go. But the reality is that's not something either of us are banking on or even really hoping for because it's just not a, it's not a realistic possibility. And that's a really different thing because most long distance relationship, and I'm going to call it LDR from here on out because a little bit faster, most LDRs are around the idea of like, they're going to be gone for a while and then they're going to come back. They're going to be gone for a year on deployment or they're going to take a job opportunity till the end of this election cycle or um, whatever it is for the semester while they go to college or school or, and this is permanent as far as either of us are concerned. I guess we can get into this a little bit more in our, when we get into the, the topic, um, yeah. but it's relevant. Um, do you think the pandemic prepped you for this kind of like, basically you have a lot of virtual date nights now, um, can't see each other very often. I mean, I imagine you guys were in each other's bubbles during the pandemic, but I don't know. We were, we were. So uh, actually we joke that, and I know this is not the case for most people. The pandemic was good for me. The pandemic was good for our relationship because I am an educator. I was teaching virtually 
So previously, I'd only be able to like this here. I'm only able to go for three to five day stints if I happen to have some extra days off. Because if you're a teacher, you don't get vacation. You get sick time that you're not allowed to use, basically. And then you have unpaid time. And so there's no such thing as taking vacation days in the educational world. During the pandemic, I got to teach virtually. So I would stay there for two weeks at a time because I could teach from there. It didn't matter where I was. Um, And my husband and nesting partner was amazingly kind and um, supportive of us and was like, yeah, absolutely. Go stay there for a couple of weeks. Um, My mother who lives with us is also completely supportive and was like, no, I totally get it. Go ahead and stay out there. I'll, I'll be here with the kids. It's not a problem. Um, So he actually moved in the pandemic, which was its own kettle of fish. Um, He moved in August of 2020. Mm. And so planning all that was its own thing. That's, that was just stupid COVID stuff. But since his move, we have done a lot of troubleshooting and how many days apart is tenable? Mm -hmm. How many, how much can we actually afford to see each other? Right. Um, Balancing those two factors, but also like we both are very invested in the relationship, which necessitates spending time together. We were both already pretty good at the virtual stuff though, already. Um, he's a tech head mm. and um, I'm not, a, I'm tech adjacent, I guess I would call myself uh, much like you, right? I'm tech mm-hmm. adjacent. I know more mm-hmm. than the average bear, but I'm not a tech head. Yeah. I would never and, claim that. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. Um, but I already knew how to like stream together and we already knew about video chatting and those were things we'd already done because he traveled for business. And so we had already been utilizing those things for a couple of years. Yeah. So you had like a upper hand as opposed to everyone who became in the pandemic, uh, all of their poly relationships, except for nesting partners ended up being long distance or, or felt that way. Anyways, like even though a lot of my partners live, you know, within 20 minutes of me, it really did feel like we were all transitioning into long distance relationships because seeing them was off the table, except virtually. Yeah. No, absolutely. He lives by himself. He doesn't really have any other partners. And so, I mean, he has a friend of friends with benefits, but they only see each other like twice a year. So like he's already isolated. Yeah. We were, he was already in our bubble because he had no other people here. Um, but yeah, like we had already put all of our stuff on Google. We have a folder on Google that's shared with our trip itineraries and our agreements. And it's where we keep all of our documents together, our photos, our videos. And we'd been doing that for years, plural, before the pandemic. So you're right. We were already grandfathered in. Like, we're like, yeah, <laughs> sure. That's, that's what we're already doing. Um, so with these changes in your poly journey, uh, where do you hope to go? Or do you have any p- new poly goals? Um, I, I really hope that and I believe that he and I will be able to finally find our equilibrium. I feel like we've done a pretty good job finding it so far. Um, we had a little bit of a like come to, I would say Jesus, but I don't believe in Jesus. A, a come to your chosen deity here um, moment earlier in the year where we didn't see each other for 65 days. And I know for some people that'd be fine, but for me, it was not. That yeah. was not, that's not good for me. It wasn't good for him. And I was like, so we need to fix the timing or we need to fix how, what we're doing with our relationship, maybe deescalate or something, because this doesn't work. This makes me feel crappy all the time. Um, And so finding, again, that balance is 
back to challenges. That's my biggest challenge right now is just finding that balance. You mean like see each other in person? Yeah. Like that. Yeah. Do you think that, I don't know what your love language is, but do you think that that affected it's it? Touch. It's touch. It's okay. touch. Okay. Yeah. Yep. I was going to ask because, because yep. yes, I've seen someone virtual isn't the same as seeing them in person. And, and, you know, when you said like 65 days, I was like, but how often were you, you know, my first thought was, but how often did you get to see them virtually or talk to them? And you probably got to see them a lot, but it didn't, didn't fulfill the need. Right. So I actually counted up the days before he moved that we actually saw each other and the days that we'll see each other after the move and compared, and it's about 50% of the time. So mm. we've lost, we have a 50% reduction in the amount of time we actually get to see each other and spend time together. Sure. Um, his argument, I feel, I think he feels a little guilty sometimes. So sometimes I feel like he has to defend it. Um, his argument is that it's more quality time. So it's okay. And I'm like, mm. quality, not like, quantity. Right. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, I kind of like, going to your house after work on a shitty day and both of us stare at the same boob tube while we put our head on each other's shoulders because it was a shitty day. Um, Is it necessarily quality time? Maybe not, but that was time I valued. Mm -hmm. Um, That isn't, that's not possible anymore. Right. Yeah. And I mean, not that the pandemic is in any way over, but I imagine you're not doing virtual learning anymore when it comes to your job. Correct. Yeah. Yep. So um, I'm back to a regular teacher schedule. Uh, we do have a fair number of three and four day weekends built in in most months, which is nice. Um, and that that's a whole thing that the people who do research have looked into and it makes sense. The idea is that, and this is true for people in the workplace, though it's not the length of your vacation, it's the number of uh, of vacations you actually take oh. that rejuvenates and stops you from burning out. And so they use that same research in scheduling students. Um, yep. That's awesome. I did not know that. Yep. Um, it's like, it's like more breathers rather than a long breather, which sure. makes sense when you're thinking about other things. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have a number of days that I can like go there for a quick weekend. I'm going there. I leave on Thursday night this coming week and I'll get there late on Thursday we have Friday and Monday off already, so I'm staying there until Monday night. So I'm going to spend a, a four-day weekend there this coming weekend. Um, and we have those throughout the year, and we trade off. Nice. Oh, so he's still coming up to Wisconsin ever so often. Yep, yep. He came in at the end of October, beginning of September for like two weeks. And um, he's planning on coming for one or two longer stints next summer because he really does love summer in Wisconsin. I keep telling him you kind of left the best summer in the country. I'm just saying. <laughs> well, that's fair. That makes sense that you you would kind of switch off coming, going back and forth. Yep. Although getting out of Wisconsin winter to go to Arizona is, is also pretty not nice. too bad. Yeah. Yep, yeah. It's not too bad. I'm, I'm going to get rid of this 60 degree weather and go back to 85 and I'm, I'm okay with that. Yeah. 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 I like that. Um, all right. So our, our last little like get to know you question, why did you agree to be interviewed? I'm pretty sure I asked you because I know that um, this we were talking about this topic separately and uh, I know you, you have a lot to say. So, yeah, yeah um, this is a topic that's near and dear to my heart. Uh, when I went looking for resources for this, there wasn't a lot. And everything that I came across were for army wives, which I am not even a little <laughs> bit close to being an army wife. All right, cool. Well, we'll take a a little break here. And when we come back, we'll talk about what we've been hinting at, but I guess I actually haven't actually said, we're going to be talking about long distance relationships and how to navigate and manage them. But uh, we'll take a quick break. Be right back. Hey there. 
interested in more polyamory uncensored content you're in luck we just started a blog polyamoryuncensored.wordpress.com we're going to be showcasing stuff like episode breakdowns polyamory and ethical non-monogamy related book reviews and guest posts from authors like you if you'd like to be a guest author contact us at polyamoryuncensored at gmail.com and you might be able to see your work up on our website Again, that's polyamoryuncensored.wordpress.com, and we're going to have some fun, new, poly-related content for you. Thanks. See you there. All right, and we are back talking with Pollyanna about long-distance relationships, or as we're going to be referring to them, LDRs. So what are the struggles you have found with long-distance relationships? So, And I I guess I should add... Why are they, what kind of struggles are different with polyamorous? Like what, what makes a polyamorous long distance relationship different right. from a monogamous one? So, I mean, proximity, proximity, proximity is the problem of everything, right? Um, there are also advantages and I, I'll definitely talk about those as well. Um, but some of the struggles have been obviously touch is my long, love language. So touch is not something you can really replicate. Um, we've talked about some, other strategies to have like distanced sex, but it's just not something that has manifested so far. Um, We've talked about how to do kink at a distance. And again, that's just not something that um, has manifested so far. And it may not, that might just end up being something that we can only do in person because the distance is so put such a damper on it. Like we should be doing this in person. And so everything sucks, right? Like you're kind of like in your feelings about the fact that it's not what it should be. Um, some other things that have been super challenging um, are like finding things to do because you don't actually just want to sit and watch a TV show with your partner at a distance every single time you hang out, or you don't want to, we got um, paint by numbers for a while and we were doing paint by number. We got the same one. We were doing it while we were chatting. <laughs> nice. But it was a really complicated one because I was overly ambitious <laughs> and we've been doing it for like four months. So again, you don't want to continue doing that months and months later. Um, we picked up some books to read together, but the last thing you want to do on a weekday when you're tired and done with the day is sit and read a book together. It's like because homework. You just want to, yeah. You just want to like turn your brain off. Mm-hmm. Um And so a lot of the traditionally things suggested for long distance relationships are really good for short term, but they're not necessarily great for an ongoing situation where you've done the same thing now 50 times. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the things also that was exceedingly and continues to be exceedingly challenging for me is um, I, I basically talked him into moving and helped him move. Um, He had been talking about, not being happy, being stuck. He felt like he was in a rut and one of his friends was moving out to, to Phoenix. And I was like, well, maybe that's what you need to do then. And he still says that he wasn't there mentally to suggest it, but I was completely reading the writing on the wall and like, no, this is, I'd rather just help him get through this than wait for the other shoe to drop. Um, And so, I mean, I helped him do all of those things. I helped him pack up and move and clean his apartment and drive all the stuff down. And so in some ways, it feels like I did this to myself. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense. Um, And it's a hard thing to like 
when you're sad and hurting to sit and be like, yeah, I did this to myself though. So can I really complain? Right. It's um, my fault kind of thing. Right. Yeah. 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 So that's been really challenging for me to wrap my head around. It's been um, an ongoing mental process for me. Um, what else? Uh, I could talk about some things that are really good about long distance relationships. Sure. Yeah. I have one other thing that I imagine might be a obstacle that I had written down is money. Money is. Money is definitely an obstacle. I'm very, very fortunate in that a lot of his work trips finance my being able to go see him. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Yeah. So um, he's got a lot of like the rewards programs and stuff. And because oh. of all the travel that he's done. Cool. Um, yeah. So that it's, it hasn't been terrible, mm-hmm. um, but it's still sometimes obviously is, you know, it's anywhere from 300 to $600 round trip. Anytime we want to say hi to each other. Uh, right. Right. Or <laughs> give each other a cost. hug. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Right. It's a pretty steep cost. Yeah. Um, and because of that, we've been very, very strategic in like when we're going to see each other. We have a document, um, a spreadsheet that's like all of our visits. So when when do I go there or he goes here? When does it end? What airline is it? How many nights? And I'm looking at the document now. Um, even like flight number, the price, how many days till depart, like all of that stuff is in here. Wow. Um, just to like keep track of price changes and which airline is, you know, most on time and all that stuff. I know you love a spreadsheet, but that's a lot. (laughs) It's, yeah, uh, we have a couple spreadsheets. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) That's good though. Um, I mean, I imagine that probably gives you less stress because you're so uh, organized, right? Yes. And uh, that's one of the other things I was going to say is anyone who either is or enters into or considers a long distance relationship. For me, the number one thing I need is when I'm going to see them next. Mm-hmm. Keep and you so going. We, yes. We never part without a date on the calendar and a ticket paid for. Now we're wow. also fortunate we can do that, right? Mm-hmm. We're very fortunate. Um, actually, I think right now we have the next two times already ticketed and ready to go. Oh, that's um, awesome. That's a really yeah, good idea. Is. Yeah, it is. Um, so whether it's 90 minutes or, you know, a couple of hours flight, yeah. uh, I really recommend for both parties sanity, if you're able to already have something set in stone mm-hmm. um, and not like a, well, we'll see how it goes. I'm kind of open this weekend. Hopefully we can see each other. No, 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 no. This is set in stone. Yeah. We have 90 days or whatever. And 65 or something days is the longest you've been apart technically. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was so. really rough. <laughs> um, but at least you could say like, so in 65 days, I'm going to see you. We are going right. to embrace again. <laughs> right, exactly. And I'm, that was the first long, that was the first stint we spent away. That was after he'd moved. It was the first stint. It was the longest mm, and that was terrible. Oh, yeah. And I remember there was really, that morning I was at Mitchell and there was really bad snow and cold and they were trying to remove the ice from the plane. I was the first plane out and they canceled the flight because they couldn't get it de-iced. On your and way I, there? Like, almost, yeah. I like oh. almost had a breakdown yeah. because I was so angry and disappointed and frustrated. And I just remember being on the phone with this ticket agent and being like, but, but you have to get me there. And she's like, I know, honey. <laughs> They're recording oh. me, so I can't say what I want to say, but this is just how it is sometimes. <laughs> um, it was really, it was really intense. It was really emotional. Yeah. Yeah. I imagine. And I think 
the only time I've attempted a long, long distance relationship was in my early to mid twenties. And I was nowhere near as financially stable as I am now Mm. to the point where I, I remember one trip and it wasn't even like a plane trip. It was from Wisconsin to Minneapolis, which is a six hour drive, by the way. Um, The, I had one trip where I had accidentally put all of my um, like uh, car repairs on uh, my debit card. And I thought I put it on a credit card and then just didn't check. And so I had spent like every single dollar in my bank account right before leaving. And then every single transaction of which I think there were 11, uh, every single (laughs) transaction in uh, Minneapolis visiting my partner at the time um, was an overdraft fee. Luckily, luckily, just so ridiculous as fate would have it on my Monday when I came back, because I was only over there for a weekend. uh, The the bank was closed on Monday for Columbus Day or something like that. Memorial Day, Columbus Day, something where it was a closed on a Monday. And I called them. Luckily, they were there to answer phones, but they were closed. And they're like, so 35, so like 35 times 11 (laughs) different transaction overdraft fees were pending. But if you can pay this like $300 of all this money that you overdrafted before tomorrow morning, we can, we can, uh, I think they uh, forgave all but one of them or something like that. Oh, so that was a huge ass. And, and that was just like one weekend trip. And I literally was then negative, you know, in the hole. So financial stability wasn't even like on the horizon at the moment. Like I was, Mm -hmm. I was living paycheck to paycheck and just fixing my car, you know, once was mm-hmm. enough to make it. So I had $0 and negative then negative 300 and had to like have my sister lend me money for the weekend until Friday. It was, it was horrible. And so like, it made me not want to go see him again. And I didn't blame right. him. It was my fault, obviously. But like, it literally was like, I can't do this because I am so financially like insecure that mm-hmm. uh, one little trip, six hour drive away, it can ruin me, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, like yeah. that, that, oh, like if I'd actually had to pay $35 for 11 transactions and one of them was like a soda. Oh, I was so pissed off. Every, everything about them was like, <laughs> oh my God. But yeah, if I had had to pay that, I, I would have, it would have taken, I would have been in debt for so long. It would have been horrible. So yeah. I don't know. I just, uh, yeah, it, where you are at financially is, is really a big determining factor and how it you can absolutely even Yep. Um, he also makes a fair amount of money more than me. And so um, part of what our relationship has entailed is some equity in um, sharing of costs because mm-hmm. I, I'm a teacher and I don't make nearly as much money. I also have children and, and a you know a whole family and he doesn't. And so some equity and costs definitely come into our relationship where he, at his own request and behest, um, shoulders a lot of the financial uh, responsibility of making sure we get to see each other. Um, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. And so like, fortunately, and this is an extremely, I'm 100% owning this, an extremely privileged place to be. That's not one of the things that stresses us out a ton. Um, it's still something we're trying to be smart about. We don't want to, if, if I'm planning on being there on the 27th, but the 28th is $300 cheaper, well, then I'm going to go a day later. And it sucks yeah. that I lose a day, but that just makes good financial sense. And the other thing is, I was just going to say something like that would, for me, taint my relationship from this other external stress. Like, it's just, I grew up really, really, really broke. And uh, we struggled as young adults as well. 
And I can't imagine seeing my future self being who I am today and being like, oh yeah, I take a flight every, you know, four to six weeks and it's Mm -hmm. not a big deal. Like I never could have imagined or designed this because I didn't realize it was even a possibility. Yeah. That um, long distance relationships that I, that I was in at the time, it definitely wasn't the reason why my relationship ended, but it was a huge factor. Like Mm -hmm. not being able to see them was a huge factor and not feeling able to go and see them. And then maybe also not having them want to come back to Milwaukee, you know, uh, all of that was a huge determining factor for the end of the relationship, which, yeah, it sucks. But often sometimes they they were there for school, which may have been temporary, but ended up being a permanent relocation. Um, And so, you know, at the time we didn't know that going in. So it was like, oh, well, this just isn't tenable at the moment. (laughs) Right, right. Um, And I mean, I think that's something else to talk about too is, regardless of your best intentions, regardless of your thinking brain, the part that you have control over, um, the lizard brain is going to kick in sometimes. Uh, The five-year-old you inside of you is going to kick and scream sometimes. And you need to be really real about that because there were definitely times when we would be having a virtual date and I was not into it because I was angry and sad and pouty and... um, the words that just keep coming to my head are, it wasn't what it was supposed to be. It was supposed to be something else. And it's not that. And it's not that. So I'm going to throw a fit right in my head. Um, and of course, it's not like it's not a cognitive thing. You're just reacting, mm-hmm. um, being real that that's going to happen. And there's going to be days when you're like, fuck it. I don't. I'm sorry. I need to reschedule this date because I'm not in the headspace to enjoy it. And I'm not going to be a good partner for this kind of a date right now. Um, he and I talked about it as well. And I was like, I'm sorry, there are times when it's like a week before I'm going to see you. And I'm just angry that I have to wait another fucking week to see you. So how about we just do a quick phone date? Or how about we, and we change it up a little bit because being able to see him and touch him pisses me off to the point that it ruins the whole date. Um, And so anyone who's going to go into this is definitely going to want to like check that and, and be real honest with themselves about how they're feeling um, and try not to feel guilty about it. I know that's really, really hard, but like they're your feelings that that's how they are. The only mm-hmm. thing you can control is what you do with them. Yeah. So what are some of these advantages you were speaking of? <laughs> so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the advantages is that he and I already liked to travel a lot together. It's one of the uh, basic tenets of our relationship. It's something we both really love and we love doing together. And so this has opened that up some, for example, next year, we're going to meet in Denver. Both of us are going to fly and meet in Denver for a quick little road trip because we want to see all 50 states and he still hasn't seen stupid Nebraska. So we're going to go drive to Nebraska and see this thing. Well, I'm glad you asked. (laughs) There's a place called Carhenge, which seems highly interesting. Oh, is it? Cars. Cars. Okay. Like a henge and they're painted ridiculous colors and... Sure, we can go do that. There are semis that are upright, right? Like um, that go straight up into yeah, the yeah. air in Arizona. And I've yeah. been there or driven by them before. That's fr- that's so funny. So just like a sightseeing adventure over to, yep. to Nebraska. Yep. We're going to head over to Nebraska for a second um, after we meet in Denver. Uh, we're also going to be meeting and doing a South road trip. Every summer we do a road trip of some kind. And so this summer we're going to both fly and meet in Louisiana and do a road trip throughout the South. Um, And so being in a long distance relationship has 
necessitated having to fly anyway. So sometimes we can meet places instead of just, you know, oh, well, I guess we're in Milwaukee again this weekend. Mm -hmm. Um, Something else is that we're always excited to see each other. Uh, I know in my own nesting partner relationship and in, you know, in other relationships, you get to a point where you kind of take things for granted. Things are a little bit old. They're established and stable, but maybe no longer exciting. Um, We are always excited to see each other. So that excitement is always there, which I I really do enjoy that part. Um, And then we we do other things like we send each other packages back and forth. Um, We have a journal that we each write in. And then we send to the other person. And so we journal back and forth uh, in something just kind of, yeah, just kind of a fun thing to connect with each other and see handwritten. Um, And instead of being letters, it's all in one place. They're basically letters to each other, but it's just in a book. Um, Something else we do is um, we have a document that is, that we type back and forth in and it's um, our erotic journal. So it's all like, there's a bunch of prompts and we each pick a prompt, uh, one, one or two a month. And we write about that prompt and we share it with each other Ooh, to kind of fun. get some of that intimacy back that you can't replicate at a distance. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, those are some of the, I mean, some of the good things we also, uh, we've gotten really creative <laughs> in like how to connect. Um, we've played a lot of video games. We've played, we've watched a lot of shows and movies and those are kind of what people think of. Uh, but we once did a Lego set together. Like we each had the same Lego set and we did that while on video together. It's hmm. uh, fun. Yeah. We've done some painting things together. We were talking about taking an online class together so that we can learn how to do something in real time with each other. Um, and so learning about the other kinds of things you can do to me is, is kind of fun and exciting as well. Yeah. And learn, have, developing new interests with one Mm -hmm. another that sounds fun like taking a class sounds like a really good idea and there are so many classes online nowadays like basically all of them are because they have to be because they have to be yeah that's awesome yep um so those are some of the some of the cool things some of the fun things uh the other thing that we've gotten really really good at that we had not done previously were regular formal check-ins with each other we had not basically we we were like most most couples and we only talked when there was a problem Totally, yeah. Which thinking about it, wow, that's kind of actually ridiculous, right? Like, (laughs) yeah. um, And so that's been really good for us to have a formal process to sit down and check in with each other about the good stuff, the not good stuff, come up with some solutions. What are some goals that we have in our relationship? Um, Checking in on goals in our relationship, like, hey, last time we said we were going to do this, where are we on that? Um, Because I feel like I do that automatically with my nesting partner because we have to we have kids and bills and all that stuff together we have to talk about those things but when you have relationships who especially you don't cohabitate with it's easy not to have some of those more nuts and bolts conversations so one thing that i think some folks might um who are maybe monogamous or polyamorous it might not matter at all but like they might assume that long distance relationships are easier when you're polyamorous because you have other partners have you found that that matters at all? Um, easier? No, I don't think they're easier, but I would not be engaging in this relationship were I not polyamorous. I could not do this in a monogamous way. I, I know that. Not when there's no possibility of being in proximity again in the future. That's just not how I'm built, I don't think. Mm-hmm. 
That being said, the actual transition from being near each other to being very far away and then all of the challenges that go with it, I think are just as hard as it would be any other time. Because when you're missing your person, you're missing your person. It doesn't matter if they're one of several persons or Mm -hmm. a person, right? Um, So I'm not not sure it's easier, but I also haven't been in a long-distance relationship monogamously. So sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind and of I don't plan to, to be. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Not that I plan to be in a long distance polyamorous relationship. This was never meant to be a thing. We actually, we had several very serious talks earlier in our relationship when he was like, yeah, I'm probably moving back to England or Boston or something. And I was like, that's great. I'm not really up for long distance relationships. He's like, yeah, me either. <laughs> so when he years later said, yeah, actually, I think I am moving to Arizona. I was like, oh, well, clean off my hands. I guess that's it. I guess this relationship's done. Well, okay. That was sad. And we had a, like a whole huge conversation like, whoa, whoa, actually that's, well, that's not what we're saying. We're not saying this relationship's over, just that we have to pivot it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I guess one of the obvious benefits of polyamory is that you don't have to have ev- all of your needs, needs met by one particular person. That's sure. why a lot of people are polyamorous, right? Um, but I do know that you have, you'd mentioned before that like your kink dynamic changed. Mm. Um, are those needs different than just regular romantic connection? And d- did that shift in a, in a big way? I think so. Yeah. It, kink was already something that he and I were um, not always on the same page with anyway. And then when the move happened, it just was, they were completely in different realms. Um, and so that was actually something we talked pretty explicitly about and was like, after a, almost a year of trying, like, let's just take this off the table. This is doing nothing but causing contention. So let's just take this off the table. Um, and so like, I used to consider myself pretty uh, polysaturated, but I definitely could use a partner or a friend plus or something who could fulfill some of those um, desires, needs, whatever you want to call it, um, specifically around kink, around touch, around um, physical intimacy. So are you dating again for like the first time in, a, in quite some time? Yeah, yeah it's rough. <laughs> I've met some really amazing people. Uh, I really enjoy, um, you know, as you know, our Milwaukee community is fabulous. Um, I enjoy meeting them. And I also find that I'm, boy, I don't like dating. (laughs) Yeah. I just, in general, I don't, I don't really know a lot of people that like dating. It's exhausting being on the apps, but it's also like weird to do it in person. And you certainly don't want to like take advantage of anybody or lead anybody on. And the whole thing is just kind of awkward. Um, Every now and then I just want to like throw the table over and rage quit and be like, that's it. I'm done. I'm polysaturated after all, cross my arms. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's definitely been a challenge. And he's to the, he does not right now want to date anybody else. He's like, I'm really, I'm good. Maybe I'll change my mind, maybe in the future, but I really am very happy being in the middle of nowhere all by myself where nobody can bother me. Nice. <laughs> this is a bit of a hermit. His jam. Yeah, a little bit of a hermit. That's his jam. Seems like the opposite of you. So that's really uh, yeah. funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I tend to seek out the hermits. I don't know mm-hmm. why or how, or they seek me out. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. They need that energy to feed off of because they're not getting it outside. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I guess. Bring the outside in. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. 
one of the other things that was interesting was talking to all my friends after we decided that this was, we were going to continue our relationship after he moved because every single person didn't matter if they were monogamous or poly saw it as either breaking up or de-escalation mm-hmm. um, and trying to explain that it's a, it's a pivot. It's not a de-escalation. The emotion, the intent, the commitment is all still very much there, even if it's not reflected in the amount of time we're spending together or the proximity. Um, because we, even poly people, measure things unconsciously. And one of the ways we sometimes measure things is how much time we spend together or how close we are, like physically. Do we go to the same events? Do we share the same friend group? Um and so even now, I still have a couple of friends who are like, yeah, but you know, you just de-escalated. I was like, no, we, we didn't actually. Just moved. Um, yeah. <laughs> just moved. Yep. Everything still is the same. It's just farther away. Mm-hmm. So you were talking a little bit before about how like your main love languages are touch and I think quality time. Um, yep. And so how with long distance relationships do you maybe advise other people or how do you do it yourself to like feel loved uh, in the in-between? Or do you think that those like times that you get to see each other recharge you enough to get you from one meeting to the next? I, I'm i not sure. And I've said this before. Instead of using a battery, I use a bucket analogy. Okay. And I often say that my bucket basically doesn't get full now. It, it gets less empty, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it doesn't actually get full like it used to. Um, and there's some pros and cons to that. One of the pros is I'm always excited to see him and he's always excited to me, to see me. Um, one of the cons obviously is that you never get that, that sated feel of like, and I'm good. All right. Um, Even when you're together, cause you know, it's fleeting. Yeah. Like yeah, it feels like I'm that. always looking at when is my flight leaving mm-hmm. or when, when is he leaving me again? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but we did, we do things like we traded sweatshirts and we each have a bottle of each other's perfume or cologne and we'll spray it on to like, you know, be by it sometimes. So mm-hmm. that's one of the strategies we've used. Um, he bought me a cute little stuffed animal oh. that, that again, smells like him. <laughs> um, whenever we're at each other's space, we trade sweatshirts back so that it smells like us when we leave. Nice. Um, so like there's little things like that, that you do that, that do help. They really do. We have a Nest cam because we're Google people. And here, I'm going to see if you can see it here. Uh, for people at home, it's a, it's a it's a Nest, like Google Nest Hub. Mm-hmm. And it's a little screen, like a tablet that's connected to the internet, but it's also connected to all of my photo albums that I choose to show. So we have what we call the long distance album per year. So there's long distance album 2020, long distance album 2021. And we take a picture every day or every couple of days and we just post in the album and it might be something we ate. It might be, look, I cleaned my stupid room again. It might be our picture, a selfie or going out and seeing something, but it's a way for us to tune into each other's lives, everyday life. Um, Taking pictures of the mundane and sharing that is a really great way to stay intimate with each other's lives. Um, It's so easy to feel disconnected. And knowing, oh, you know, you didn't do your dishes today either. It's just one of those weird ways to feel like you know what's going on in their life. Um, Mm -hmm. So my little nest is somewhere where we do our video chats, but it's also always playing new pictures from my albums. 
Oh, that's such a cute idea. I love that. And so you guys both add pictures into something that's like rotating constantly. And so something will randomly come up and you'll be like, oh, that's new. Yep. Yep. Oh, that's a new picture. My phone also tells me whenever a picture is added to our shared shared album. Cute. Um, That's adorable. Yep. So it's, it's really nice. So we'll, you know, take a random picture of ourselves or, you know, my classroom or the cat or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's an addition, obviously, to the many stupid pictures we send back and forth throughout the day. Anyway. Mm -hmm. Actually, I I get advertisements for Google Nest all the time and I never actually knew what it was. I just kind of like, I just (laughs) delete the emails because like, "Ah, I don't need this. I don't need another thing. But that's actually really adorable. I love that idea. Yeah. It it works very well for this use case. I'm not sure I would use it otherwise, (laughs) but it works really well for this use case. One of the things that we talk about in polyamory a lot is couples privilege, Mm -hmm. but in long distance relationship, proximity privilege is a huge thing. And it's not something, yep. It's not something you really think about until it's a thing in your life. Um, So one of his greatest fears is that I find somebody super awesome nearby who takes up all my time and energy, right? So it's a similar feeling to somebody seeing somebody new but it's it's like an added complication because you literally are not there um and then also if you're with somebody because they're nearby you get to go to the same parties you get to see the same people um he misses all of that now where he used to come to events with me he can't and so he misses all of that proximity privilege um simply by being far away that makes sense yeah looking at some other stuff here Oh, one of the big things we had to go through, uh, another step to this was we do have a formal relationship agreement we have for years and years, and we had to completely rip it apart and build it from the bottom up again, because so many things had just changed. So mm-hmm. this, and I'm not even talking about a kink dynamic. I'm just talking about our own relationship agreement, where things like what feels good to you for testing, what feels good for you about dating, because we hadn't been dating because both of us felt like we were polysaturated. Um, and while the fundamentals stayed the same, um, the intent on both of our parts stayed the same, a lot of the logistics did have to change in that because everything else changed around it. He's no longer a, you know, a 10-minute drive away. And so we needed to figure out, you know, if I'm going to go out on a date, what does that look like now? How does he want to know? What does he want to know? It's not the same as, you know, messaging when the date's done and be like, okay, I'm heading home. See you tomorrow. Yeah. Before when we would go out and do stuff, we would always have a connection time after where we come back together and we're able to um, reassure each other of whatever. And again, that's not a possibility now in the same way. Um, So navigating what that looks like is a really, really important thing. For us, it looks like messaging each other and then either talking about it on our next date or sometimes even calling each other just to to chat it out real quick. How are holidays different for you right now? Oh, or yeah. are they a, are they an obstacle? I know some people don't give a shit about holidays. I generally try not to, <laughs> but um, but they are obviously different with poly folks and then probably even more difficult with long distance relationships. Well, and the thing that really complicates it again is my, my profession. Mm-hmm. Because the only chunks of time I get off are around holidays, but I also have family and children. And so balancing that has definitely been a challenge. Um, Before we would have our one or two day holiday at like Christmas, right? Not that either of us are religious, but we like the Christmas holidays and traditions. And so now that's my chunk of time to go see him, but I can't do it 
before Christmas because I have children and I want to be there for their Christmas. So definitely negotiating that and balancing what is feasible, what makes sense price-wise. Also, what's uh, am I still fulfilling what I want to be as a parent to my children um, and my other partners and my other family? Um, So we've settled on like the 27th until I go back to school as like a time to go to go spend together. Mm -hmm. Um, And everything before that is my time with my own um, nuclear family, Um, which works for us. But yeah, it definitely it's a thing. This spring, we're going to spend spring break together and I'm not going to spend it with my family. And I don't know that I've ever done that. And so that's kind of a new like I'm going to be gone for the entirety of spring break this time. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> and see how it goes and just it's, yeah see how it goes yeah and and it'll also be really nice because it's still i mean even though it's late march it will still be freezing cold in wisconsin so it it'll probably be. be wonderful get back to arizona well and the cool thing is we're not going to arizona we're actually going to hawaii for spring Ooh, break oh wow know. that sounds so much nicer ridiculously spoiled 100%. as warm as arizona is it is also kind of a hellscape sometimes so uh, hawaii uh-huh. does sound a lot nicer <laughs> yep yep it was 118 degrees when my fam so my family and i took a road trip this summer with my mother and we road tripped all the way down to his house in arizona and in arizona when we were visiting it was 118 degrees it was ridiculous Ooh. it was so hot it was so hot yeah you don't go there in the summer that's bad no bad news no. <laughs> it wasn't great. It really wasn't. Well, is there any kind of ed- advice or parting words for folks who are maybe even who are either transitioning into a long distance relationship or maybe starting a new one? So I can only speak from my perspective of being someone who was already well established in a partnership before the move occurred um, and say that I, I think we were ready to go. We already had all of our ducks in a row We already had a very peaceful, stable relationship. We already knew each other's triggers and love languages and how to apologize and all of this good stuff um, before he moved. If you can do that, try to do that. But obviously that's just, that's ridiculous, right? You can't just decide that's how it's going to be. Lots of people start long distance relationships when they meet like at a conference or randomly some other way, or maybe they meet online and they have a long distance relationship primarily over a game, right? Um, But if you can try to get to a point where you don't have to worry about the nuts and bolts of the relationship itself, dealing with the added layer of long distance will be really, really helpful. Um, Because if if you're upset in your relationship because they're not communicating to you in a way that makes sense or in a way that is uh, palatable to you, but then you're just angry about that, you're going to have so much more of a problem dealing with not seeing each other or not being able to reconnect or being afraid while they're going out on a date without you 2,000 miles away. Um, The other thing I would say is have other support. Find other people. Even if it's not people who totally understand, I don't know anyone else who's in a relationship quite like mine, but finding other people that at least understand it on some level that you can talk to who aren't going to say, well, they're a jerk for moving or, well, you know, they, they, they left. So screw them. Um, which even in the poly community, I've gotten that from people. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Like, honestly, I would say that the dump the motherfucker mentality is pretty 
uh, it's pretty harsh and it's pretty yeah. common in this community, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, even by, it was kind of surprising. I think they were trying to be supportive, but there's some of that like leftover toxic monogamy stuff they hadn't addressed in this particular realm where they were just like, well, you know, if he's going to be God, he's going to choose to leave you and hurt you like this, then screw that. And it was like, well, now you're not helping me either. You do realize like, cause I want to be in this relationship and I value it. And now you're hurting me too by saying these things. Mm-hmm. So finding people not like that is, is really helpful and needed. Um, and if your other partners can be supportive, that would be ideal. Not necessarily something you have control over, but ideal. I would have a hard time engaging in this relationship without the support of my other partners. Right. And with childcare, that's huge, oh, right? Because if you're leaving for even a weekend, yep. how do you do that without, uh, you know, adequate, like, co-parenting and other support network and Mm -hmm. yeah that's really tough yep for sure um and I guess the only other thing I would say is every single thing in life is temporary right every everything and for me remembering that when I'm waiting between seeing him again um is really helpful like this too will pass it'll Mm -hmm. be fine Mm -hmm. focus on yourself which I have focus on your own hobbies which I have um Doubling down on your good, positive, healthy friendships is really important. Um, And if you're in a place to do so, maybe start thinking about dating somebody at least, um, at least to get some of your, your needs met in other ways. Totally. Yeah. Cause the more I think about it, like pretty much all five love languages, you kind of still need to be around a little bit, like, you know, like acts of service, how are you really going to manage that? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> from long it's, distance. It's kind of hard. Yeah. Yeah. So um, there's, yeah, not too many that you can do long distance very easily. No. And, and I would argue that most of the, most of the love languages at a distance would require money and financial mm. support. That's a good point. Yeah. So. Yeah. Touch acts of service, quality time, oh, words of affirmation and gifts. Yeah. So yep. gifts. Yeah. Obviously I guess you could send gifts anywhere, but with money or with money. time. Yeah. Yep. And then words of affirmation. I suppose you can do a, any, you know, long distance and from anywhere, but it might not be as meaningful if you're not saying them in front of you or, or right to your face. Right. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. Like it sounds weird, but I always, I, I, I dislike talking about the love languages in isolation because mm-hmm. I don't feel like they exist in isolation. I feel like they're always in tandem with each other. Yeah. Um, for example, words of affirmation mean so much more when someone's telling you in your ear, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, like the, the element of touch there or the element like of holding you. Time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I always use the, the act of a massage as almost hitting every single, yeah. you, know, you know, like it, you could say, oh yeah, this is a, a act of service, but you could also say it's a gift. You could also say it's touch. You could also say it's quality time. And I guess if you're speaking to them the whole time, <laughs> it, it could contribute to some words of affirmation. So For yeah, sure. I, f- I feel like there are so many things that can work f- along all of the lines and, and overlapping in that kind of like Venn, Venn diagram kind of way. Um, but yeah, I, I love using massage as a, as an example also because most people, except for the super like touch adverse, most people love massages. And I think it's because it hits a lot of those love languages. <laughs> right. It really does for sure. Oh, I, I would like to say if, if you haven't read about the state of the union, 
or the radar. Um, State of the Union is from the Gottman Institute. Radar is from Multiamory. I really recommend you put together a formalized um, check-in process. Uh, we happen, again, because we're nerds, we happen to have all of ours online. So we have a document that's ongoing per year. Once a month, we check in and we just copy paste the template and fill it out once a month. Um, so we can go back and look at them at previous entries. But finding some way to formalize that process and scheduling it is really, really important. Using some kind of scheduling tool, be it Google Calendar or something similar, so that you can tell each other when you're unavailable because you're not always going to know when somebody's out with their friend because you're not in each other's space anymore, right? So why aren't they replying to my messages? Oh, they're out with their friend having dinner. Okay, right. now that makes sense. That does make sense, um, yeah. I can post the links of the State of the Union and Radar in the show notes just so that cool, people cool. have access to that, yeah. Awesome. But finding ways to, again, bring your everyday life to your partner and vice versa is going to help you feel more connected um, feel less isolated and feel, in my opinion, like you're having a successful relationship. Yeah. And also kind of adjusting your definition of what is successful because yeah. successful doesn't mean necessarily time or how much you're, how much time and energy you're spending on one another. It could be, I don't know. And it doesn't necessarily even mean that you're like still together, right? Like, right. <laughs> like right. it means so many different things. So yeah, adjusting a lot of different expectations of, of what a relationship looks like is probably going to be important. For sure. Yeah. When he and I moved him out there, we took a few days and went to Sedona, which isn't far from his house and stayed there for a weekend. And we stole your, your suggestion for a year and a day hmm. and now celebrate that as like, okay, we're checking back in. How are we doing? And then, you know, promising each other for another year, because again, it felt like such a big threshold and all of the ways we had been defining ourselves as a successful relationship shifted. So we needed to write a new script. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And those kind of like mini contracts, it could be for a year, they could be for a month, it could be for yep. until the next time I see you in person, you know, like those kind of things are are nice to just like, I mean, renewing vows seems to uh, marriage-y, but it's kind of formal, like that yeah. formal, yeah. right? Exactly. But you're kind of like renewing a vow of even if it's like six weeks, uh, yeah. renewing a vow to you're like, hey, I'm going to, you know, be on your team. I'm going to be, yeah. a, I'm going to be continue this relationship and, and I vow to be your best friend or whatever, you know, like whatever yep. you want, the way that you want to form that contract. It's like a nice vow. It's a nice thing to, to commit commitment. Yeah, for sure. And it's, and it's very validating and reaffirming in a society where the only other version is like a marriage or an engagement. Right. Um, some cases it might be house buying. And so it's nice to have something that you can claim as your own and write it in whatever way makes sense for your relationship. Right. Cause you are married and legally and not to yeah. him. Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that makes, that makes a lot of sense to me to find the, the traditions and the values in your relationship and express them to each other in a way that feels good to both of you. Cool. Well, on that note, yeah. <laughs> hopefully that'll be a good resource for folks who are either navigating this or struggling with it, or um, just want some good ideas for reconnecting. Yeah, for sure. And I guess uh, the other thing I would say is, and I haven't, we haven't gone through it, but we've certainly talked about it. We have talked about, you know, what would it look like if we weren't together or what would happen if even one of us died? Because those are important things to talk about. 
and you don't want to have to talk about them when you're on the, the threshold of it. Mm-hmm. Um, because it, again, you're not next to each other anymore. You're not in the same city. If you're going to have to go through these things and you're going to have to buy a plane ticket to figure it out or take a really long drive and being intentional about those things is really important. Totally. Contingency plans or emergency plans yeah. and things that, yeah. Yep. So yeah. Especially if you don't have family at either place, like he has no reason necessarily, except for you to be in Wisconsin, you have no yep. reason necessarily to be in Arizona. So yeah, I, right. I could see it being different if like his family still lived here. Or something right. like that, you know, or if you had friends in Arizona, but there's no reason for you both to either be in each other's space except for no. one another. Yeah. Right. Well, and I mean, especially since his family is all the way in the UK, yeah. if something happens to him, I know where all of his legal documents are. I'm on his legal documents to help manage it all. This was something we had to be intentional about. Yeah, totally. All right. Thank you so much for, yeah. uh, for, being on the pod and for giving us so much good advice. I hope that, uh, I hope you get to see him again soon. I do. I do. It's only four more sleeps. Four more sleeps. Oh, that's so quick. Four oh, more awesome. Sleeps. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Great. Well, have excited. fun, have fun All in right. your warm Arizona. <laughs> I really will. <laughs> All right. Thank you. All right. Bye. Bye. And that is it from us at Polyamory Uncensored. We have been Lindsay Miller and Katie Williams. We'd like to thank podcast husband Rob for being our sound engineer. And thank you, Lindsay, for editing this podcast so that we sound smart. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Polyamory Uncensored. Contact us at polyamoryuncensored at gmail.com if you have a listener question or a comment. And if you'd like to support us at all, you can send us a monthly contribution at anchor.fm slash polyamoryuncensored and simply click on the support this podcast button. If you'd like to support the podcast with a one-time contribution, we've set up a PayPal link to make it super easy. Thank you for your support in any amount at paypal.me slash polyamoryuncensored. We hope you've enjoyed this episode and remember, we love you. Bye.